You are listening to Shining Star Community Church, English Ministries Sunday Message. Please visit us at www.shiningstar.life. So the American culture is all about receiving good service. You know, if you go to a restaurant and you receive good service by the waiter or waitress, you know, you'd get a, a generous amount of, of tip to that person. If you go into a mall and you walk into some stores, you expect to be treated well, right? If the person is not nice, the worker is not nice, you automatically say, okay, I'm not coming back here again. If you go on Yelp, uh, and I love, go, I love Yelp. I love to read the reviews on Yelp. And most of the time, people don't really complain about the food, but they sure do complain about the service. They make sure if there was bad service, you know, they make sure that people know. The American culture is all about service, right? Uh, there's a survey that was done by American Express, and they say that 86% of the customers would rather pay more money than receive poor quality of service. In our minds, a good life is a life that receives a lot of service. Now, when you fly on an airplane, you would, uh, whether you're, you're sitting in a first class seat, whether you're sitting in a business seat, whether you're sitting in an eco- economy, it's, it's all the same, right? We are the first class, we pass by the business seats, we're like, man, I wonder what those guys do for a living, whether they can ride on, on the business class or ride on first class. And we think to ourselves, man, must be nice riding on that, in that seat. Some companies or businesses that have their own list of VIPs, and they would provide exclusive service for exclusive members. Now, the world tells us that the people who are important are the people who are being served by others, which is why today's passage is so shocking, because we see the most important person who ever lived on this world begins to serve. Today's text comes in a place where Jesus, he is just hours away from the cross. He came to Jerusalem. He's celebrating the feast of the Passover, which was the biggest festival of the year. Everyone gathered in Jerusalem to celebrate this festival. They gathered together to remember all the work that God has done, especially in Egypt, when God delivered his people from slavery and especially from the angel of death. That last plague when God provided a over land celebration. But this time around, when Jesus was walking into Jerusalem, when Jesus was celebrating this festival, he wasn't there to just eat a meal, but he was there as the Passover lamb. Jesus was fully aware of the hour. In verse 1, it says this, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father. So Jesus knew that time was up. He was aware that he was just moments away from the cross. He was aware that just in a couple hours that he was going to be betrayed by one of his beloved disciples, that he was going to go through trial after trial, which were conducted illegally. He was going to be beaten. He was going to be mocked. And ultimately, he was going to die on the cross. Jesus was fully aware that this was ahead of him. He knew that his time was short. So what does he do? In the middle of a supper, he stands up. He takes off his outer garment, he puts a towel on his waist, and he begins to wash the feet of his disciples. 
And at this point, you might be thinking, oh, man, that's, that's super nice. That's just a beautiful picture right there. Because when we think about foot washing, we think about pedicure, or we think about foot massages, right? When other people wash our feet, it's a good thing. It's a very intimate and also very romantic thing to do. We think about candles everywhere, and, and, and the mood is just right, and, and people are just serving. But in the first century, foot washing was not what we picture today. Right? In Jesus' time, when people traveled, they had open sandals. They walked on dirty roads. So by the time a guest would arrive at a place, their feet were just stinky, nasty. You just don't want to even touch it, right? So what the owner of the house would do is he would have probably the youngest slave or the slave who's just the lowest slave. And he would call the lowest slave and tell that person to wash the feet of the guests. Foot washing was a very common practice. Uh, feet cleaned. It wasn't romantic at all. If you think about it, it was just really a low, shameful job. Unworthy to so high the sandals of this guy. And what he was saying is, I'm unworthy to wash Jesus' feet. That's how unworthy I am. He uses the example of foot washing to explain how unworthy and how low he is. Foot washing was not a job for everyone. People just did not want to do this job. No, in verse 3, we see that Jesus is fully aware of his divine identity. He is fully aware that he is God. He knows that he came from the Father, and he's going back to the Father, right? It wasn't like his memory was wiped away. Everything from eternity um, beyond, everything that he knew from creation, all the knowledge that he had, it's not like immediately it was wiped away when he came on earth. No, he was fully aware of his identity, in verse 3, it says, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all, and he laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. So Jesus was fully aware of who he was. And yet, he takes the form of a servant. He takes off his outer garments. He puts a towel on, around his waist. And then he kneels at the feet of the disciples and begins to wash their feet. And you can just imagine this scene in your head, right? Where people are just shocked. They're confused. They're puzzled. They're, they're embarrassed too. You know, the entire room is probably just filled with silence at this point. And once Jesus was done, he comes back to his seat. He puts his outer garment on and he says to his disciples in verse 12, do you understand what I just did? You call me teacher, you call me Lord, and you are right. For so I am. So again, Jesus does not deny the fact that he is teacher and he is the Lord. But he says, yeah, in verse 14, If I then, you, your Lord and your teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just, I have, just as I have done to you. So we see that Jesus performs an incredible act of service, right? He says, if you call me Lord, if you call me teacher, if I'm that to you, then you should do the same. And in the same way, I think he's telling us today as Christians, as his disciples, as his followers, since we call him our Lord. By the way, um, serving in, the view, in, in our world is viewed in a very diffuse way. Right? We, we are so used to being served by other people. We are so used to being, having things done for us. 
whether it's in our household, whether it's at church, whether it's among our brothers and sisters, we love receiving, yet a lot of times we struggle with giving our service to people. Yet, by setting an example for everyone, Jesus calls his disciples to this lifestyle of service. So here's the driving idea today. Jesus served us first, therefore we should follow his example of service. Since Jesus served us first, we should follow his example of service. So when Jesus served his disciples, he didn't serve to win their favor. He didn't serve to receive recognition. He didn't serve so that people can clap at his act. But he was motivated by one thing, and the Bible says it was love. Jesus served out of love. Look at verse 1 again with me. Verse 1 of chapter 13 says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart of this world to the Father, having loved his own who are in the world, he loved them to the end. And after this, the very first thing that he does, wash the feet of his disciples. Really, this sets a pattern for the rest of the book of John. But the very first thing that Jesus does out of love, the fact that he loved his own to the very end, the very first thing that he does, he serves the people. Now, when Jesus washed the feet of his disciples, just imagine this. Judas Iscariot was there. This is before he left. No, Jesus knew that this guy was going to betray him in just a couple hours, yet Jesus served him. Jesus knew that Peter was going to deny him three times, yet Jesus served him. We see that Jesus served these disciples not because they deserved it, but because he loved them. You know, growing up, I had no problem serving my parents. I was always grateful for everything that my parents did for me. But when my younger sister asked me to do something, I'll be like, no way. Even if she asked me to get a glass of water, I'll be like, you don't deserve my service. <laughs> you don't deserve my glass of water, right? It's not because I didn't like, you know, those things. I, if my parents asked me for a glass of water, I'll be like, immediately, yes, ma'am, yes, sir. I'll be right there at the fridge. But yet, the reason I had a hard time doing stuff for my younger sister is because I thought she did not deserve it. And so it took many, many years to realize that as a Christian that serving does not happen because the other person deserves it. Serving should happen because you have love inside of you. You have love for God and you have love for the people that God loves. You know, love is the motivation behind service. Jesus served his people, people who were un undeserving. He didn't seek to receive recognition. He didn't seek uh, to, to serve out of responsibility, right? He wasn't serving because he had this title as rabbi, as teacher, but he served out of love. Jesus served out of love. The second thing that we see is that Jesus served with humility. Now, in order to wash the feet of the disciples, Jesus had to take off his outer garment and dress like a servant. Now, and in first century Judea, this was very disgraceful for a Jewish man. Because you would never take off your outer garments in a public setting. What Jesus was doing is he, he was breaking all the laws. He was breaking all the tradition. He was stepping out of his comfort zone. He was stepping out of his tradition simply to serve in humility. Now, the disciples knew that their feet were dirty. Now, it was obvious. It was a common practice. But why did no one stand up and wash the feet of the disciples. Why, did, why didn't they have a volunteer? You no, know, maybe Peter, the guy who's always willing to do stuff. 
John, the beloved disciple, no one volunteered to wash the feet of not just the disciples, but the feet of Jesus. It wasn't the lack of awareness that prevented them from serving, but I believe that it was pride inside of them that prevented them from serving Jesus. No, they were expecting someone else to do this job. They were thinking, man, okay, man, I'm, this job is too low for me. They probably, there's probably a servant somewhere around, you know, someone who's young. That person can do this, right? This job is not for me. Washing someone's feet is just too low for me. You know, when I first, um, in, in middle school, I first joined the praise team. I learned how to play the drums. And back then, I mean, having a band, it wasn't common. It was before his song United and all that stuff came out. So we were worshiping with, with a piano and a tambourine, Right? And we had people doing motions. And that's how we worshiped back then. And then so one day we had this thing on Christmas Day. It's kind of like Bethlehem night. And the different departments, they were going on stage to perform. And I said that we should do a song and I'm going to play the drums for you guys. And the teacher said, oh, no, 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 we're not going to do that. We're going to do motions. And I said to myself, motions? Wait, no, I don't know how to dance. I just feel so awkward when I do these stuff. And I just said, her, said it in her, in her face, I'm not going to do it. It wasn't because, you no, know, I thought motions were unholy. It's because I, I had pride. You know, I thought, man, this is just, it's just ridiculous. You know, something that is just too low for me. You know, now when I go to Pittsburgh, when our VBS, or when doing VBS, I always try to do motions. I'm not, I'm still, I'm not good at it. But I realized that, there's nothing too low for you to do. Now, a lot of times we serve within our comfort zone, things that we are comfortable with, right? We serve if the job doesn't require too much of a sacrifice. For example, folding bulletins. Some of you might say, man, that's kind of tedious. No, I need a bigger job than that. No, straightening up the chairs um, before or after service. Man, some of us might say that could be done by someone else. Bi-monthly cleaning. On Saturday mornings, oh, man, I have better stuff to do on Saturday mornings than pulling out weed, right? Cleaning the church bathroom. Did you know that every week we have members of our church who volunteer to clean the restrooms? That we don't pay, uh, that we don't pay custodians to specifically clean our bathrooms, but our church members willingly provide their service. No, if Jesus was able to serve his disciples by washing their feet. There's no job that is too low for us. If Jesus, the Lord of lords, the King of kings, if he can do that, there's no job too little, too insignificant for us. That we should be willing to, to serve in whatever capacity um, that the church might require or uh, others might require. You know, are you serving out of your comfort zone? Are you serving uh, out of your own ability? Or are you aware that sometimes you have to step out of your own zone. Jesus served with humility, and he also served actively. When Jesus saw that there was this opportunity right in front of him, he took initiative. He didn't wait for the, the dinner to end. He didn't wait for people to, to recognize that this was going on. He stood up, and he took action. He took matters into his very own hands. He didn't tell someone to do uh, this job. But he stood up and washed the feet of the disciples. Now, sometimes we say, well, I'm not too skilled to serve, right? How many of us made that excuse before? 
Well, Jesus, was, he didn't have license in, in foot massaging, right? He, didn't, he wasn't skilled uh, to, to do this. He didn't have like special washing techniques, uh, if you'd say. You know, sometimes you know, we say, well, I don't have time to serve. You know, I'm just too busy. Jesus had a million things on his list that he could have done before the cross. But yet he decided to serve his disciples. No, he saw the need and he acted upon it. No, the disciples were extremely passive when Jesus was extremely active with his service. So look for opportunities. And when you see it, take action. Some of you might say, well, this church is not that welcoming. Uh, Well, join the welcome team. (laughs) Some of you might say, oh, man, our media is not that great. Uh, I think we should do a better job on social media. Uh, join the media team. Uh, if you think that, uh, that we need to connect more as a congregation, that we need to do more fellowship, join, join the events team or join the sports ministry. You know, if you think that our life groups are kind of weak, that we're not doing a good job, be a life group leader and decide to be an assistant. You know, if you think we can do a better job raising the next generation, volunteer for Awana, for children's ministry, for youth. Stop saying that I wish this this church was like this. If you see the need, act upon it. If you see something that's going on in this church and you're like, oh, I don't know. No, I think we can do a better job. That's most likely God is telling you to do that job. God is inviting you to serve in that area because not everyone sees that need. So stop saying, I wish our church was like this. But let's take initiative and let's serve actively. Since Jesus served us first, we must follow his, his example of service. But there's one chunk of, of today's passage which we need to kind of expound on. In the middle of the passage, Jesus has a very interesting conversation with Peter. Right? In verse 6, he, after, after, after he washed some others, uh, the feet of the disciples, he comes to Peter and it's his turn. And Peter says, Lord, do you wash my feet? So what is Peter saying? He's saying, Lord, it's me, Peter. I mean, you can wash everyone else's feet, but I know what's going on. I know something funky is going on. I'm not supposed to let my feet you know, be exposed to you. And Jesus says, well, well, you don't understand now, but afterward, you'll understand this. And Peter says, no, you'll never wash my feet. And Jesus responds, well, if I don't wash your feet right now, you have no share with me. You're not related to me. Hearing Jesus' response, Peter says, okay, so this is something more than foot washing. So this is whether I'm connected to Jesus or not. Ah, oh, this is spiritual cleansing. That's, that's his conclusion. So I need spiritual cleansing. Okay, I'm going to go all in. He says, okay, then don't just wash my feet. Wash everything about me. And it's interesting how Jesus responds. Jesus said to him in verse 10, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, not all of you are clean. So what's going on here? Jesus is saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, let's, let's pump the brakes here. You, know, you don't need full cleansing right now. But he's also saying that, you know, you're not going to understand this right now, but later on, you're going to understand. He's also saying that not all of you are clean. 
So what do we make of all this? I think what Jesus is trying to say here is that this act of service, the washing of the feet, is actually simply a preview of what's going to happen, what's going to happen, what's going to take place in the future. It's the preview of the cross. In verse 11, Jesus says, not all of you are clean. And that is true because if you think about it, Judas Iscariot, his feet were washed. Yet Jesus says, not all of you are clean. So we see that this is not spiritual cleansing. This washing of the feet does not make people clean. No, we see that. And Jesus also says to Peter, but yeah, you don't need to be fully bathed. So the real cleansing is not taking place with the foot washing. It's not done with water, but it's done by the blood of Jesus. And how do I know this? Because in Philippians chapter 2, it says that although Jesus was equal to God, he emptied himself by taking a form of a servant. And he humbled himself by becoming an obedient servant to the point of death. Now, this act of service in John chapter 13, man, it was shocking. It blows our mind, right? How, 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 how the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings can serve his disciples in such a way. How the creator of the universe can come down and wash the feet of his very own creation. It's pretty crazy. But if you think about it, this is nothing compared to the cross. No, this act of, of service is simply a preview of the ultimate service that Jesus provides on the cross. Jesus, the eternal king, he becomes the suffering servant. He lays down his glory. He, he, he lays down his majesty just like he took off his outer garment, right? He, he exposes himself in complete humility. He actively seeks after people, right? He, he doesn't take a back seat, but he takes initiative, right? He shed his own blood to make us clean. He died on the cross and he did all this out of love. He served with, out of love. He served with humility. And he served actively. And some of us, we might read this passage. He might say, hey, well, it, it must have been nice for the disciples of Jesus because they got to experience the service of Jesus. Well, you and I, if we are Christians, if we are followers of Christ, we have received a greater service from Jesus. He didn't just wash our feet. He washed everything about us. And he is inviting you and me to do the same. Did you notice that Jesus never tells you to do something that he's not willing to do for you? Every time he tells you to love, he's always telling us to do it because he loved us first. Every time he's telling us to serve, he's telling us because he served us first. Everything that Jesus tells you to do, every single thing, Jesus did it for us before we could ever do anything. So remember that we serve because Jesus set an example of service, the ultimate example of service on the cross. And in closing, it says in verse 17, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Since Jesus served us first, we must follow his example of service. So how can we apply this text? I think can apply it in many different ways. For some of us, we are serving like crazy in our homes, in, in our church, uh, among Christian brothers and sisters. We are just serving, 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 yet we are doing it with the wrong heart. 
that we are doing it because we have this title. We are doing it because we want to be recognized by other people. We are doing it just to hear good stuff from other people. And maybe, you know, the reason why you're getting burnt out is because you're not serving out of the right heart. And so the way that you can apply this is maybe you need to fill yourself with love. That you have to ponder upon the cross and you have to recognize that you have been served by the king first and therefore you are serving unconditionally. That you're providing service to people who are undeserving. No matter how, how bad uh, a youth kid might act up, uh, act up no matter how bad a, 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 children's, a kid in children's ministry uh, might act up, no, you can love them no matter what. No matter how bad your kid is at home, you can love them because... Not because they're lovable, but because you have received love. You can still serve your parents, even though they might not deserve your service. Maybe they hurt you. Maybe they just did bad things to you. Yet, you can still serve, not because they deserve it, but because you received that service and love from Jesus. Maybe some of us, we need to just serve in humility. Instead of waiting for people to recruit us, Instead of waiting for people to, to call us to do a certain job, you know, we need to find things. And it might be little. It might be as simple as taking out the trash. It might be simple as maybe picking up bulletins after the service. But there are always things that you can do to bless other people. And this is not just limited to the church body, but also in your homes, among church brothers and sisters. There are certain things that you can do. And if we just step out of our comfort zone, the area of service just widens like crazy. And lastly, we have to serve actively. If you see a need, act upon it. Respond in faith and obedience. Since he has served us first, we can follow his example of service. Let's pray. While I was preparing this sermon, I was praying that this, this sermon, that it wouldn't be just a, promotion, uh, a promotional uh, sermon, meaning that I'm not just telling you to do certain stuff in the church. I'm not just telling you to do certain stuff in your homes. If all you're thinking about right now is, okay, what do I do? What are some things that I can do or to serve? I think we're missing the point. I think the main point is the fact that we were served by God first, that Jesus demonstrated this incredible service to us, that he displayed his love on the cross. And so whatever we can do, we should do. That we need to get our hearts right not serving for recognition, not serving because we have certain responsibilities, but we need to serve out of love with the right heart. I think when we do that, our church will be different, our homes will be different, people around us, they'll respond in a different way. How beautiful would that be when every single one of us followed the ultimate example of service, sharing the love of Christ to others. So at this time, just simply meditate on the message and respond in obedience. Let's pray.